Almost 90% of women have cellulite. And guess what? It's not their fault. We don't choose cellulite, but we can choose a different way to treat it. Meet Quo, Collagenase Clostridium Histolyticum, AAES, the first and only FDA-approved prescription injectable for moderate to severe cellulite in the buttocks of adult women. This non-surgical treatment is injected by an aesthetic specialist in 10 minutes or less. Individual results may vary. Do not receive if you are allergic to any collagenase or ingredients in Quo or have an infection at the treatment site. May cause serious side effects, allergic reactions, including anaphylaxis and injection site bruising. Seek medical help right away for any signs of allergic hypersensitivity. Tell your doctor about all your medical conditions, if you have a bleeding condition or take medicine that prevents clotting. Most common side effects include bruising, pain, hardness, itching, redness, discoloration, swelling, and warmth at the injection site. Ask your doctor about all possible side effects and for product information. If you're ready to get to the bottom of your cellulite, learn more and find a specialist at Quo.com. And it's time to let freedom ring. This morning we have a great show for you. For those of you who are tuning in live, this is my show. If you want to be on it, text 912-254-4838. Again, 912-254-4838. But I say without further ado, let's get started. So, it is my favorite time. <clears throat> Sorry, I'm, I'm getting over a little bit of a cold. It is my favorite time of the year. It's time for the Supreme Court to start its term and, and like actually deciding cases. Now, this obviously makes the left not very happy. Rightfully so. I mean, we have a five to three majority with one guy who doesn't know what the heck he's doing, kind of like our president. Now, with that being said, I wish the majority was, was bigger. I wish it was a 6-3 majority. But there are a lot of cases that will come before the court that are, you know, could be big, right? That could have a lot of consequences. Now, with that being said, today is October 4th, 2021, and Joe Biden is the worst president in American history. That just needs to be said. Now, uh, this is an article via Fox News. It says the Supreme Court is poised to make landmark rulings on abortion, guns, and religious rights by John Brown. The Supreme Court is slated to decide on cases relative, related to several hot-button issues during the term that begins today, including abortion, gun rights, and school vouchers. On December 1st, justices will hear arguments in Dobbs v. Jackson's Women Health Organization, which challenges a Mississippi law that bans most abortions when, quote, the probable gestational age of an unborn human is more than 15 weeks. Detractors claim a ruling in favor of the law could undermine or even lead to the overturning of Roe v. Wade. Carrie C. Severino, the president of the Judicial Crisis Network, told the New York Times, quote, they are going to be, there are going to be people losing their minds over this case, whichever direction it goes. Another contentious, contentious case will be heard November 3rd, when the court will decide in the New York uh, State Rifle and Pistol Association v. Bruin regarding whether the state of New York can order citizens who, who want a concealed carry license to demonstrate a good Reason for having one. Do you need a reason to carry a gun? We'll figure that out. I'm going to say that they're probably going to end up saying, nah, you can get it for any reason. The ruling would also affect concealed carry restrictions in California, Delaware, Hawaii, Maryland, Massachusetts, New Jersey, and Rhode Island. Another case, Carson v. Mackin, scheduled to be heard before the court on December 8th. Justices will decide if Maine can exclude religious schools from a state tuition program. Very important. The conservative majority high court will also decide on challenges President, Bi 
challenges to President Biden's vaccine mandate, as well as DACA for immigrants. In a case regarding the death penalty sentence of the Boston Marathon bomber Dzorko A. Sarnath, Justice Samuel Alito on Thursday defended the court and pushing back against critics who characterized the court. Quote, as having been captured by a dangerous cabal that resorts to sneaky and improper methods to get its ways, quote, this portrayal feeds unprecedented efforts to intimidate the court and to damage independent, this independent institution. So, the court starts today. Now, I love the law. I love legal. I love everything about that, which I'm always excited, dude. If I... If, if I had one dream job, I would love to be a Supreme Court justice. One, you got a guaranteed job for life, which is always cool. But two, you're free to do what you want without like fear of being voted out of office. You're free to do what you think is right. Now, does that always happen? Absolutely not. So we have a chief justice named John Roberts, somebody who was put up by a Republican president, and John Roberts, it's hard to tell what exactly he is. You see, I think, and I was listening to Eric Erickson uh, talk about this. I want to say on Friday he was talking about this. It might have been Thursday. I'm not sure. Um, he was saying how John Roberts really is what's called a counter-institutionalist. And what he means by that is he he's kind of, he doesn't want any institution to be to to change that much drastically that quickly. Does that make sense? So when the Trump administration was doing things left and right and left and right, he was like, "Whoa, whoa, 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 whoa. Let's slow down a minute. Let's take a step back." Maybe you should, maybe you should. I don't know. I don't agree with it. I would would I would think that George Bush also wishes that he had another Clarence Thomas and not a not a John Roberts, because we put him on there to vote how we as conservatives would vote on the Supreme Court. He was the only person, actually, in the Obamacare case who believed that the individual mandate could be considered a tax. Um, Alito, Alito Ginsburg, Kagan, Thomas... Scalia, Brennan, Kennedy, Bright, none of these people believed it was a tax. Liberals or Republicans, or liberals or conservatives on the court. The only person who believed it was a tax was John Roberts. And since the government has the power to tax, it's got to be constitutional. He was the only one out of the nine people on that court. And obviously, the people on the right of him vastly disagreed with both his conclusion and his thinking, his rationale. But the people on the left, they disagreed with how he got to his conclusion, but they loved his conclusion. So this is a message to all you Republicans who didn't want Trump to put Amy Coney Barrett on the, on the court. Aren't you glad you did? Because now we have a solid, for the first time in history, a solid block of five who can do whatever they want. Now, we've had the Supreme Court for decades. The Supreme Court has been Republican-controlled for a while. If you look back at history, it always seems that Republicans get a lot more nominees, get, get to nominate a lot more people than, than Democrats do. To all federal courts, 
and to the Supreme Court. That's just for some reason true. But I think finally, I think Clarence Thomas, who is the de facto Supreme Court chief, chief justice of the Supreme Court, will really begin to start fighting back against the left. I really think he will. I think in the next couple of years, we will see we'll see big tech come up to the court, and the court will have to decide how to do big tech. But nonetheless, let me know what you guys think about any of these cases. Text me at 912-254-4838, 912-254-4838. Somebody asked me if that was my personal cell. That is not my personal cell phone number. However, it is connected to a text, like a, a texting marketing app called Community, and it like I, I can check it like it like I can check it like it's a phone. I can't call you off of it, but trust me, I, I love you all to death. But there are some people who don't love me very much who if they have my cell phone number would probably try to find a way to figure out where I live. And that wouldn't be good. Now to get into the other news of the day. The political news outlet, The Hill, was slammed by critics on Thursday for labeling the decades old Hyde Amendment as drumroll, please controversial this is via fox news and lindsey cornick over at fox news senator joe manchin democrat of west virginia announced on wednesday that he would refuse to vote for the democrats reconciliation bill if it didn't include the hyde amendment manchin told the national review that any version of this reconciliation bill that democrats hope to pass will have to include the hyde amendment to earn his vote he said quote yeah we're not taking we're not taking the hyde amendment off it hides going beyond it has to be It's dead on arrival if it's gone. Now, for those of you who don't know, the Hyde Amendment was first passed in 1977 and it prohibited Medicaid and other federal programs from providing taxpayer dollars for abortions. For decades, the Hyde Amendment received wide bipartisan support. President Biden supported the Hyde protections for most of his political career, but flipped when he became president, following the growing leftward trend in the Democratic Party on the issue. Critics slammed the Hill for labeling the Hyde Amendment as, quote, controversial, as noted that recent polls show a majority of Americans support the protections. A January 2021 poll found Americans backed the Hyde Amendment 58% to 38%, nearly identical to the results of the political Harvard poll from 2016. The National Review White House correspondent John McCormick tweeted, quote, Republican strategist Doug High asked, Who is it controversial to? The majority of the public who supports it, that in, that once included President Biden. Washington Examiner reporter Kimberly Ross wrote, quote, props to Sem- Senator Manchin for insisting that the Hyde Amendment be included in reconciliation le- legislation. Despite loud claims to the contrary, Hyde isn't extreme at all. It just keeps federal funds from going to pay for abortions. It should always be protected. Quote, the Hyde Amendment is controversial. Biden was a supporter of it for 40 years. Changed his mind during the campaign, National Review senior writer David Harsanya wrote. Many progressives were outraged, outraged, I tell you, by Manchin's ultimatum and vowed to fight him. Self-proclaimed squad member Rashida Tlaib tweeted, quote, this on a day where Rep Jayapal and Cori Bush and Barbara Lee are courageously testifying before oversight Dems about their lived experiences, this during a time when we are fighting back fighting back against an attack on the woman's right to health care and choice. As the right to reproductive health care is under attack across the country, as I was testifying in the committee about you about my personal experience getting an abortion, 
as you block life-saving legislation in the Senate, as you profit off of blocking these bills. Shame on you. Shame on you. Fellow squad member, Rep. Cory Bush, Democrat of Missouri, also one of the craziest people in the United States Congress wrote. Isn't it crazy to you what was seen as completely normal two years ago, a year ago, is now radical? Does that not mean anything to you guys? That shows me that the left in this country has not walked left, but gotten to a semi-truck. No, sorry, sorry, sorry. Gotten to a 100% uh, fuel-efficient truck, a fuel-efficient um, electric uh, liberal moving machine and hightailed it to the far left. I remember a time, well, I don't remember a time, but I remember learning about a time when abortion was supposed to be safe. Okay, gotcha, safe. Legal, okay, unfortunately, yeah, legal, sure, yeah, yeah. But rare, oh, okay, good, good, rare, very rare. The procedure was supposed to be non-harming to the woman. I guess no abortion can be safe because it does kill a life, but non-harming to the woman. It's supposed to be legally protected, but it was supposed to be so rare. It was supposed to be rare. It was supposed to be a procedure that the government didn't prop up, but that unfortunately the government had to let happen. Okay. At least I can see that logic other than today's logic. But now the government has said, not only should it be safe and legal, it should be your right of passage. If you can't afford an abortion, the government will give you one. Now I heard rumors, and I don't know if this is true, that Joe Biden is planning on rolling out an abortion app. Buy nine abortions, get one free. I don't know if that's true. It's a source. It's an anonymous source that the left loves so very much to use. The left loves those anonymous sources. I'm not quite sure why. Although, quite frankly, and we do have to get to a break here in a second, quite frankly, anonymous sources are actually sometimes pretty good. Because sometimes you can't really get someone to talk about an issue unless it's under the... The, the eyes of an, 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 anonym, anonymity. But I'm just, if I'll put it like this. If you try to write a paper uh, with an anonymous source, you uh, will fail it. But we'll be back here in about six minutes. You are tuning in to the left. All right, we are back after that break. So I want to be in the effort of full transparency, as transparent as I can be. I was not the biggest fan of Mike Pompeo uh, when he was put into, like when he was when he was nominated to be Secretary of State. There was something about him. I thought he'd be a rhino. I thought he would not be, you know, necessarily on the, the, on the same side as Trump. Now, I was wrong, and I'm glad I was wrong because I think that he has been probably one of the loudest Trump defenders uh, and defenders of the America First policy in since post-presidency, right? I was sending Purdue's another one. But a lot of them have flipped. You know, Mike Mike Pence has distanced himself from Trump. Now, this very well could be because Mike Pompeo is planning a run for, for president in 2024, potentially. I have no idea. I have absolutely no idea. I can't read his mind. If he is, good for him. Anyway, 
I, I say all this because I saw an article today. Or you, I, I guess I saw it last night, but Pompeo. I did not know about Milley's calls with communist China. Jordan Davison via the Federalist. Former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo said he was not informed at the time that, chair, that the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, General Mark Milley, made potentially treasonous phone calls with his counterpart in communist China. Quote, I have no recollection of General Milley briefing me in the way he described, Pompeo told Megyn Kelly on the Megyn Kelly Show on Wednesday. Milley reportedly called a general of the People's Liberation Army twice while former President Trump was still in office to reassure the communist military authority that the United States did not have plans to attack China. If we're going to attack, I'm going to call you ahead of time. It's not going to be a surprise, Milley already allegedly told the general. When questioned about the nature and frequency of the calls, Milley claimed that, quote, shortly after my call ended with General Lee, I personally informed both the Secretary of State Pompeo and the White House Chief of Staff, Mark Meadows, about the call, among other topics. That's not, though, that's not how this works. Before this call, you tell the Secretary of Defense, who I don't think at the time was Mattis, but you tell the Secretary of Defense, you tell the President, you tell one of these people, you tell the Secretary of State, you, that, that, you don't, that's like saying, hey, Mom, I had a cookie, I hope that's okay. Oh, it's not? Well, I already had the cookie. Um, it was good. I like chocolate chip. Like, that's not how this works, buddy. I haven't been in the military for 40 years like you, but this seems pretty simple to me. While Pompeo conceded that Millie could have simply stated, hey, I spoke with my Chinese counterpart yesterday, wouldn't have been something particularly memorable. The contents of the con conversation surely were not disclosed. It's certain that he didn't tell Chief Meadows or I that because if he told us, he thinks he told us on the same phone call, but I can promise you that Chief Meadows would have called me immediately and said, hey, we got a real problem here, and if I had heard it, I would have gone high and right, Pompeo said. While Pompeo cautioned against believing everything Bob Woodward and Robert Acosta said, he said he finds, quote, the fact that General Milley chose to speak with them at such great length deeply troubling. I'd be very surprised that's precisely how General Milley told the Chinese that. I worked with General Milley enough, but if he told Woodward and Costa he said that, this is something he has to account for. That would deeply be inconsistent with his responsibilities as senior military defense advisor to the president of the United States, and it would make no tactical, operational, strategic sense to tell the Chinese that because in the end, it wasn't going to be how we rolled it. It wasn't how the Trump administration rolled, Pompeo said. We didn't warn our adversaries. We didn't tell them that there would be a date certain we'd leave Afghanistan. We were very clear. We were going to use American power to protect America's interests, and we weren't about warning our adversaries of a potential attack if it was inconsistent with our objectives. Yeah. Hey, makes perfect sense. Yeah, shout out to the Georgia Bulldogs for beating the Arkansas Razorbacks on Friday, right? On Saturday, sorry. You know why they won? Because Kirby Smart didn't tell Sam Pittman, Kirby Smart's the UGA coach, Sam Pittman, Arkansas, hey, Sam, we're going to run it to the right side. Hey, Sam, we're going we're gonna to pass it to our, to our slot receiver. Because when you, you know, football, in, in a sense, is a small-scale war. When you go to war, you don't typically tell your adversaries what your plan is. That'd be like saying, hey, listen, this is exactly what I plan to do right here. We're planning to bomb you on surprise. So act surprised when we drop this bomb. Now, is this treason? I don't know. I know if it walks like a duck, talks like a duck, it's probably a duck. 
I think if you have a lot of people thinking it's treason, whew, must be pretty freaking close. I would think so. I think it's at the very least, it is dishonorable, discharge worthy. I mean, right now there are two U.S. Marine, one U.S. Marine in custody, one being investigated. Yeah, actually, I, I saw this morning, Lieutenant Colonel Scheller said, quote, tell your son to quit tweeting about me to Donald Trump, to Donald Trump. That, that was his message. That he wants Trump Jr. to quit tweeting about him. Well, buddy, 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 buddy. That doesn't change the fact that he shouldn't be in the brig. But uh, if I were him, I would be taking all the help I could get from the most powerful people I could get it. And a former president, hate to tell you, has a little bit of power. So, hey, you do what you want to do, buddy, but the right was dead set on helping you. Now, in a little bit of higher news, nine, maybe not higher news, nine out of 16 metro areas with the highest unemployment rates are in, can you guess it? Can you guess it? California. This is via CNS News. Terrence P. Jeffrey says nine of the 16 U.S. metropolitan statistical areas with the highest August unemployment rates as ranked this week by the Bureau of Labor Statistics were in California. The El Centro metropolitan area, which is an imperial county, just north of Mexicali, um, Mexico, led the nation's 389 metropolitan areas in August with the highest unemployment rate of 19.4%. The national unemployment rate for August was 5.3%. The Yuma metro area sits on the, sits on the Mexican border in southwest Arizona, had the nation's highest unemployment rate this August. It was 18, had the second, sorry, 18.2. Third was Vizala Porterville, Metropolitan in Tulare County. Fourth was Bakersfield. Fifth was Atlantic City outside of New Jersey. Sixth was Merced, California. Seventh was, you know, this is a lot of people. Basically, what this relates to is it says that basically, if you live in California, get the heck out as soon as you can. All right. That's all I'm saying. So Pitbull said to those of who hate the U.S., F you, go to Cuba, and you'll see how much you appreciate the U.S. Pitbull, whose real name is Armando Christian Perez, slammed those who did not like the United States during what appears to be a recent performance. He said, quote, to whoever the F doesn't like the United States, may God bless you, but F you at the same time. If you don't like the United States of America, go back to the countries that we are from, that we are effing from, and you'll see how much you appreciate the United States. Pitbull, who is Cuban, made comments at a concert, a video of the remarks went viral last week. I'm going to play the clip. There is a little bit of vulgar language in it, so please cover up your kids' ears. Worldwide speaking facts. Is this. To whoever the fuck doesn't like the United States of America, may God bless you. But fuck you at the same time. If you don't like the United States of America, go back to the countries that we the fuck from and you'll see how much you appreciate the United States of America. So obviously this doesn't fit really into the narrative of the left because he's an immigrant and he's not advocating for socialism. Maybe because his family escaped it. Article goes on to say, Pitbull has recently spoken out against communism in the past and has strongly advocated for freedom. The reason I can have this conversation is because my family comes from communism. They fled communism. They had everything taken away from them. Everybody got murdered. Everybody got killed, Pitbull said in an interview last year. 
That's the reason me, being a first-generation Cuban-American, I look at freedom and I appreciate that stuff. It's not the word he said, but I'm not going to say it. I appreciate opportunity. I appreciate anything that you give me, and that comes from the fact that when Castro took over everything and I'm looking at what's going on right now, the only person here that's hot, it's Castro. He's going, y'all did it with a virus? Y'all took over the world with a virus? Y'all got to be kidding me. In this day and age, I'm hoping to see, I'm hoping people see as quick as you get it. Come quick, leave quick, he added. When it comes to this technology, that's exactly what it is. You got instant gratification and think you can touch many people as quick as they are going to pull it from you. People also encourage politicians to get involved with the crisis in Cuba over the summer when mass protests swarmed the island. Yeah, I bet you forgot about that. This is a message to the world. We need to stand up, step up, he said. But if you don't understand what's going on, then you need to wake the F up. Not only is this a Cuba event, a Cuba thing, this is a world event. This isn't about politics. This isn't about saving lives. This is about unity, not division. And bottom line, it's about taking action. Let me tell you something. Why I'm frustrated and when I see everybody out there doing what they're doing, which I love, I love what they're doing. Okay, because not only do we live for freedom, we ride for freedom. We die for freedom because we appreciate freedom. And it gets me hot. It bothers me and it frustrates me to a certain extent. Being a Cuban-American... And having a platform to speak to the world and not being able to help my own people. Not being able to get them food. Not being able to get them water. Not being able to get them medicine, he continued. But most of all, not being able to get to help and really get them what they deserve, which is freedom. And this is my way of talking to the world. And all world allies together to help. Global businesses get together to help. People that we're so proud of. People like Jeff Bezos, a Cuban-American Graduated from high school in Miami. Built one of the biggest companies in the world. I didn't know he was Cuban. Is he really Cuban? I didn't know he was Cuban. The richest man in the world. He's somebody that can get involved and really help us what we got. All we can do is create awareness, but politics are going to be politics. Oh, I like that. Politics. And while we figure out what they're figuring out, we need to figure out how to really help, he added. We need to get creative. We need to figure out solutions while they're losing their lives over there literally for something we wake up every day and appreciate, which is freedom. So to everybody out there, stand up, step up. If you don't understand, get the, get with the program and wake up because this is about freedom. It's about human rights and everybody in Cuba, keep the fight up. Yes. Yeah. No. The U.S. needs to help Cuba. It's in the best interest of the United States to help Cuba, but not for Joe Biden because let me tell you why. Cuba typically... Votes overwhelmingly, Cubans, sorry, typically vote overwhelmingly pro-life, pro-freedom when they get to America. Pitbull doesn't sound like a far lefty to you, does he? He doesn't sound one to me, does he sound it to you? Now, if you're like me, you have a very early morning. If you're listening to this right now, obviously you're up. It's 8.30 in the morning on the East Coast. Some of your stations do have a delay, but it's 8.30 in the morning on the East Coast. That is why every morning I start with Built Bar. Wake up, get a good stretch in, and then I get me a Built Bar. Built Bars are low calorie, but high in protein. Low carbs, but high in flavor. And Built Bar has given my listeners 12% off of their order. You can go to built.com, B-U-I-L-T.com, and in the promo code box, type in Let Freedom Ring, L-E-T-F-R-E-E-D-O-M-R-I-N-G. Same name as this show and this podcast. I've been liking the double chocolate here recently. They sent me a bunch of them. They're amazing. Quite frankly, they're the best I've ever had. But I've been trying them, and they've been amazing. 
I recommend you get some. They help out the show. They help your body. I've been trying to get into the summer, workout groove. And because of that, I need as much protein as possible because I worked out Friday, did a bunch of calf raises, and my calves are still, to this day, killing me. So with that being said, Built Bar is the best. B-U-I-L-T dot com. Make sure you type in code Let Freedom Ring at checkout. Let them know I sent you so it helps me out. And we'll be right back after these messages. Voice of young conservatism on the radio, Noah Ring. Noah Ring is the youngest syndicated radio host in the nation. All right, we are back. <clears throat> we got about 20 minutes left in this last or in this first hour, and then we'll be back on the second hour. We got some great stuff coming on the second hour. But first, I want to give a shout out to my buddy's company. It's called a Southern Lifestyle Company, uh, veteran owned and operated. Uh, he actually took a one-year uh, active duty leave, active duty uh, contract in in Germany. I think he's about to come back. But anyway, that's not the shout out. The shout out is for his coffee. I drink his coffee like pretty much every morning. I at least try, and uh, I will tell you, it, it's pretty good. I'm not gonna lie to you. It's uh, it, it's pretty good, and I, I I I drink it every morning. That's all I'm gonna say. But let's talk about the more important issues because coffee is important, but you know, the safety of the American people is obviously more important. So China has sent 77 warplanes into Taiwan over the past two days. Taipei says, I think that's the capital of Taiwan. Yes, it is. I want you to think about why this is happening. Think about it. Seriously, I'm going to give you a minute to think about it. Could it be because the radical left has shown our opposition in the world? That we will not protect them? That we will not combat them? Is that what they've shown? Seems to me it's possible that's what they've shown. This is via CNN. I don't read a lot of CNN on here, but I'm going to read CNN today. This is via Eric Chung and Brad Linden. Taiwan has reported a record number of incursions by Chinese warplanes into its air defense identification zone, ADAS, for the second day in a row. Taiwan's Ministry of National Defense said on Saturday night, quote, the self-governing island said a total of 39 Chinese military aircraft entered ADAS on Saturday night, one more than the 38 planes it spotted on Friday. The 38 and 39 planes respectively are the highest number of incursions Taiwan has reported in its days since publicly reporting such activities last year. The incursions on Saturday came in two batches, 20 planes during daytime hours and 19 planes at night. The ministry said in two statements. They were, they were made by 26 J-16 fighter jets, 10 Su-30 fighter jets, two SY anti-submarine warning aircrafts, in response to these incursions, the Taiwanese Air Force scrambled aircraft, issued radio warnings, and deployed air defense missile systems, the ministry added. Maps provided by the Taiwan Defense Ministry showed all of the Chinese flights on Saturday were reported in the extreme southwestern part of the island, Aedas. The incursions did not violate Taiwan's airspace, which extends 12 nautical miles from its coast. The U.S. Federal Aviation Administration defines it as an Aedas as a, design, a designated airspace over land and water within the country. Give me just one moment. I'll be right back. I'm going to play this while I wait. Hey, Noah here. I wanted to say, sorry about that. 
I'm back though. I, I like I said, getting over a cold, had a little sneeze attack. I'm sorry. Anyway, why is this? Why is this happening? Why is there probably at this point a hundred Chinese aircraft threatening Taiwanese independence? Pretty simple to me. It's pretty simple to me. When you show people, when you show China and you show these people that we're not going to go after our adversaries, we're going to let the Taliban, not only we're going to let them take back Iran, Afghanistan, I'm sorry, not only we're going to let them take back Afghanistan, no, 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 that's not good enough. What we're also going to do is give them the guns to keep it. We'll give them a list of people to kill. Quite frankly, that's exactly what they did. And we're going to let them keep it. An outrage. An outrage. Everyone should be outraged by this. Everyone. Now, that being said, not a lot of people are. 2022... We need to get out in big numbers and throw Joe Biden out, out of the White House once and for all. Don't even let him come back in for the presidential picture. You know, like presidents get together and they like take a, don't even let him come back in for that. He's done. Get out of here. G- goodbye. See you later. No, thank you. Get out of here. It's my opinion. Now let's get into some of the quick bites. Let's get into some of the quick bites. We haven't even hit Halloween. But Dr. Fauci is already telling Americans to think twice before making Christmas plans. While appearing on CBS News yesterday, the host, Margaret Brennan, asked, quote, why would she even ask? We can gather for Christmas, or is it just too soon to tell? Fauci replied, Margaret, it's just too soon to tell. They're trying to take Christmas away. Why are they trying to take Christmas away? Why are they trying to tell you, don't worry about getting gifts for all your family members? Could it be, because thanks to them, China... Won't be allowing us to get a lot of Christmas gifts this year. According to the DHS, 400,000 illegal immigrants could cross the border in October. CDC director has admitted vaccines cannot prevent transmission of COVID-19. 52% of Trump voters and 41% of Biden voters think the country should split in two. Biden wants a new EPA tax that would increasingly inc- uh, increase energy costs by $242 per year per family. The same EPA tax would force dairy farmers to pay an extra $6,500 per cow per year. Now, something else I wanted to get into. Leftists, they stalked and harassed Senator Kristen Cinema in the bathroom. They caught her, like, not at the Capitol. And this is what's weird to me personally, because I can only imagine, like, congressmen and senators and all these people in like two things like either like their suit uh, let's just say like either like their suit they're very business professional or business casual like for some reason in my mind it does not wrap up that these these people are actual human people and like they wear like pajamas or like just a t-shirt and jeans like it just it's not a real thing until i see it but anyway so they they, there's a picture of it and i don't know i'll post on twitter or something so you can see it but she's wearing like a tank top and it says After days of vicious reporting from left-wing news outlets attacking Democrat Senator Kristen Sinema for opposing Joe Biden's five 
trillion dollar Build Back Better bill. Now the senator is being stalked and harassed by left-wing activists, even going as far in to follow her into the women's bathroom while they film her. Here's what happened. Senator Cinema teaches a class at Arizona State University. Over the weekend, a group of activists with Lucha, Arizona, confronted the senator outside her classroom while filming themselves demand that she supports Joe Biden's Build Back Better bill. When Cinema went to use the women's bathroom, they followed her inside and shouted at her from outside the stall. The day before, the same organization, Lucha, Arizona, stalked and harassed Cinema outside her home. Now, it's important to remember, political intimidation is in fact a crime. Specifically, political intimidation against, against members of Congress. It carries a class D or C felony punishable with up to 10 years in jail. Now, will the FBI be tracking down these insurrectionists who try to intimidate cinema? Mm, my sources say that's not happening. The reason the left is so outraged at cinema is because of her opposition to the radical left's build back better bill. The only thing that would be built back better is the radical left in California. Anyway, out and without her vote, they can't pass the bill in the Senate that has a 50-50 split between Democrats and Republicans. So far, Cinema and the Democratic Senator from Virginia, Joe Manchin, West Virginia, sorry, have openly opposed the bill, putting Democrats two votes shy. In the days leading up to this, CNN hosts riled up their radical audience against Cinema. Don Lemon angrily claimed that she was, quote, making problems for the Democrats. How do you solve a problem like that, 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 Cinema? I guess he got his answer. You solve it by threatening her. Now, it's funny to me that they're not going to try to do this to Joe Manchin because Joe Manchin has like an A-plus rating from the NRA and probably would, uh, would drop him dead. Anyway, that's not the point. The point is, that's not how you get someone on your side. You guys are acting like you're a union and you're going against somebody who's powerless. This is a sitting United States senator. All right, she calls the cops. They're there in two seconds. You're done. You're going to jail. This is not how you get somebody on your side. Right? I know this. Try this. Seriously. Try to intimidate me into believing the radical. It just won't work. Because you can't intimidate me. Well, one, we're the side with guns, but you can't intimidate me. Regardless. Now, let's get into some more headlines, and then we take a break, and then we'll come back on the second hour. We got a great show on the second hour. Tune in. A lot of you guys don't tune in the second hour. Tune in. Why would Joe Biden a man who ran on bringing normalcy back to Washington and nominated a Soviet-raised Marxist who's advocated for ending banking as we know it to be his Treasury Department comptroller. Short answer is Joe Biden lied to the American people. He ran as a moderate, but is governing like good old Bernard Sanders, former mayor of uh, Burlington, Vermont, who is now a U.S. senator. Sal Omaravo is Biden's pick for comptroller of the currency. In this role, she oversees all the biggest banks and federal savings associations in the United States, she would oversee about 1,200 financial institutions with the power to punish them if they don't follow her edicts. In the past, she's openly called for eliminating those banks and Federal Reserve savings associated and turning them over to the Federal Reserve. Let's talk about Amarova. She graduated from Moscow State University in 1989 on the Lenin Personal Academic Scholarship. Yeah, Vladimir Lenin. Anyway, in 2019, she tweeted that the Soviet economic system was superior to the current U.S. model. Really? In 2021, she proposed that the Federal Reserve take over consumer bank deposits, effectively ending banks as we knew it. In the same article, she advocated for giving fe the Federal Reserve the power to allocate credit, saying she wanted it to be, quote, the uh, ultimate public platform for generating, modulating, and allocating financial resources in a modern economy. She's advocated for a U.S. central bank digital currency, similar to what China and Venezuela are doing. She advocates for a national investment authority with members overseen by advisory boards of academics to finance a big 
and bold climate agenda. And it isn't just Republicans who have raised concerns about this radical. Biden Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen reportedly raised red flags inside the White House about Omaravo's nomination. Now listen, let's be honest. They're going to say that we don't like immigrants with this, right? They're going to say, oh, she's an immigrant from the Soviet Union. We don't like... It's not her fault she grew up in the Soviet Union. Not her fault at all. Not her fault she got uh, the Lenin Scholarship. Not her fault. I would take a scholarship. If UGA offered me the freaking Jimmy Carter Scholarship and it was a full ride, I would take the Jimmy Carter Scholarship. But anyway, it's not the point. The point is that you came to America. You came to the United States of America and you're telling us you are looking us dead in the eye and telling us the Soviet system is better. If the Soviet system was better, why did it collapse? And why are you here? That's a serious question. Amaravo. Why are you here? Why did it collapse? Why are you here? Simple. If I was a U.S. Senator and I was voting on her nomination, that's what I would say. If the Soviet system is better, why did it collapse? And why are you here? There's no good answers. No good answers. All right, a few more notables, and we'll we'll have to take a break. Democratic Governor Gavin Newsom will require any eligible K-12 students in California to get the COVID-19 shot. Students who don't comply, whether they're enrolled in private or public, will be banned from in-person instruction via the Federalist. Gun manufacturer Smith & Wesson will move its headquarters from Massachusetts to, ten to Tennessee, citing, quote, changing business climate for firearms manufacturers in, Smith in Massachusetts. Come on down. We'd love to have you down here in Georgia. Take a, you know, just come on a little bit, a few hours. There have been multiple reports of military planes arriving at Bagram Air Base in Afghanistan just hours after images emerged showing that power was restored to the base for the first time since U.S. forces evacuated the stronghold in July. Several sources suggest that the aircraft are dun, 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 Chinese. That's via the Daily Mail. A black woman has been charged with posing as a member of the Ku Klux Klan and posting notes through her neighborhood doors threatening to kill their children. Teresha Lucas, 30, has been charged with eight counts of making terroristic threats. Yahoo News. Drug maker Merck says that its experimental pill for people sick with COVID-19 reduced hospitalizations by 50% via AP. Trump has asked a federal judge in Florida to force Twitter to restore his account, arguing that the company improperly, improperly suspended him after receiving pressure from members of Congress, New York Post. An organization representing some 90,000 school board officials has asked Biden to intervene against parents who suppose onerous coronavirus mask mandates and the teachers of racialist ideology. The National School Boards Association said parents are engaged with domestic terrorism and even asked the White House to consider deploying the USA Patriot Act against parents, Washington Examiner. Oh, it just, you know, it's, here's the hot take of the day. Here's the hot take of the day. Will this year's Women's March be called the Women's March or the Birthing People March? All right. If your preferred climate is business-friendly, check out Ohio. With 0% taxes on corporate income, R&D investments, and goods sold out of state, Ohio is better for business. Because Ohio isn't built for followers. They're building for leaders. Ohioisforleaders.com. Do you sometimes get the sense that debates about America's role in the world are predictable and often disconnected from reality? Our new podcast tries to change that. None of the Above offers new ideas to help confront America's global challenges. Subscribe to None of the Above today.